0: Welcome to the show, Living with Climate Change. Uh, Today's show, we're going to look at some uh, just basic environmental science that relates to climate change. Uh, I've named the show, Does CO2 Cause Abrupt Climate Change? And I'm, we're going to start, I want to start with this issue because it still seems to be controversial. As uh, simple as it may seem to many people uh, but I'm not finding that in my everyday life talking to people. Uh, Just a couple of days ago I talked to someone that uh, told me they had a degree in physics and that CO2 was good and it uh, increased the plant's growth. And how there are more trees now than ever and while that may be true. Um, you know, uh, things can have costs and benefits. So we're going to look at that because I think that the single that, that this issue is creep is incredibly uh, important. And it's carbon dioxide and i think this is what is dividing a lot of the uh, the movement on climate change and uh, also i my passion is environmental education and i think that with the predicament that we're in or the the uh, th- yes the, the the situation we are in In our development, human development, uh, I think that everyone should have a basic understanding of the planet that they live on and the environment and uh, the atmosphere and these things. And I also find them very uh, interesting and I hope you will too. And I think as we learn more about the environment and nature, that we will appreciate it more. So today's show, uh, we will look at CO2 and the first part, we will just look at the basics and the fundamentals of carbon, the carbon cycle and carbon dioxide and our atmosphere and then we will look at some of the controversies of it in the science and in the policies. Now, why is CO2 such a big issue? Well, I think everybody knows, but let's start with that. That our world, our civilization, is in what is called carbon lock-in and meaning that all of our infrastructure our agriculture our electricity production our fuel our industry are all heavily dependent on fossil fuels and the use of fossil fuels emits a lot of carbon because they are carbon-intense substances. And even with all the uh, interest in renewable energy and our transition out of this carbon lock-in, we still have a planet that is running 90% on fossil fuels. Uh, So, that is where we're at now, today. So, let's just look at some of the uh, basic fundamentals of of how the Earth works and operates. You may remember from your high school science class about the the cycle, three major cycles of, of the Earth. The nitrogen cycle, the water cycle, and the carbon cycle. So let's we're talking about CO2. Let's so let's look at the carbon cycle, and so that we may the carbon cycle uh, maybe it's with all the fossil fuel burning um, it's maybe been knocked out of balance we could say, but it has changed and uh, quite uh, quickly. Uh, let's just look at. I want to just so most of this is fundamentals and it's not controversial. And uh, let's just look at a few facts concerning carbon dioxide. Let's go back about 10,000 years. I, no, no reason going back any farther, and we have pre-accurate uh, evidence. I don't think it's contested about carbon dioxide that far back from climate proxies, which are tree rings and ice cores and and other ways they measure it and they put that together and they get uh, estimates of what was going on, but it's believed that the carbon dioxide in the atmosphere was has been 280 parts per million for the last 10,000 years. So the planet has adapted to that, its ecosystems, and that's the carbon part of the carbon cycle that is, it changes, of course, but that's what it's used to. And so human development has increased that. It is now 400 parts per million, and that's quite a, an increase percentage-wise. So, let's look at the effects of that. So, what we are worried about are the effects that that is having on the atmosphere. Now, let's look at the atmosphere, just basics of it. Let's look at Earth's atmosphere. So, we know that... The atmosphere has layers and goes up, uh, you know, 6,000 miles, but that's that's up in the exosphere. But what we really are, are going to talk about is the troposphere, and that's where, you know, 70-80% of our atmosphere is. Uh, as you go up the air thins more and more temperatures change and things like that but the troposphere that's where and that's not very high that goes up about seven eight miles into the sky space uh so that's that's what we're going to, that's what we're going to talk about a little bit and then of course the stratosphere is the next layer and it goes up to about 30 miles and it is important for the ozone layer that is in there jets fly up in the stratosphere and then of course the thermosphere and uh, mesosphere continues up and uh, it's uh, I'd like to note the uh, um anyway. So our atmosphere is as you may know, a nitrogen oxygen atmosphere basically. 78% nitrogen, 20% oxygen, and then there's argon 1%. And the rest are what are called trace gases. So that is And those, some of those are the greenhouse gases such as carbon dioxide, methane, H2O, water, ozone and then there are CFCs that are, these are man-made gases that we've emitted into the atmosphere that are also greenhouse gases that we've dealt with before. What else is in the atmosphere? Well, you also have aerosols, we'll call them. Dust particles, uh, sulfur dioxide, ash, volcano ash, things like that. Pollution uh, affects our atmosphere too, so that's up there also. So that is our atmosphere and it is a a fragile atmosphere to put things in perspective uh say the planet was a basketball and the troposphere it would be like a uh a plastic just a a saran wrap plastic cover around a basketball is about the thickness of our atmosphere So, I think that's, uh, you can see that it is quite fragile, it is quite a, I would say, a fragile thing. It's the reason that we have life on this planet and other planets don't have it. And so, I think it's important that we understand that, what it is, when we talk about CO2 and the future of our development. Now, like I said, that is our atmosphere, and without it, it's a frozen planet. But obviously we're not worried about that at the moment. So that's I hope I'm just trying to build a foundation so we can fully understand this. And Uh, just an interesting thing is what 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 is outer space so as you go up what does that contain well it's kind of interesting that it is a vacuum when you just go out of our short atmosphere and it is mostly helium and uh, hydrogen gases and, and radiation and cosmic rays, and all kinds of things. Quite interesting. Um, so I've explained the atmosphere, what it is, and I'm gonna... I'm not too good at graphics, but I'm going to uh, uh, put in a, a, a famous picture that I love that is from NASA, and it, it's called Earth Rise. And I think that it, I I think it's, after we talk about this, and then you look at that picture, I think it's quite a dramatic effect. Um, So let me, let's look at that right now. Okay, Uh, so that is our Earth. So let's just briefly discuss the greenhouse effect. I think it's, it, but it has been questioned. Uh, But it is quite important in this discussion, obviously, with CO2 and our emissions. So, uh, basically the greenhouse effect is like I said if it wasn't for that our if we didn't have greenhouse gases our planet would be frozen so it warms the planet and it allows life so you have ultraviol- uh, you yeah solar radiation comes from the sun and it so It has short wavelength, and a short wavelength radiation goes through the atmosphere. Now, it heats up the Earth, and the Earth emits long-wave radiation, and long-wave radiation Starts to go out of the atmosphere from the thermal radiation, the heat of it leaves the atmosphere in a different form, different spectrum, and it is blocked or it is dissipated. Some gets through the atmosphere and goes on, but most stays in and is radiated back down to the Earth. Now, it's because of these greenhouse gases that that long-wave radiation is absorbed and blocked and, diffu- and diffused. So, and we know that. We know that carbon dioxide and methane, these molecules do this. And if you increase the amount of molecules up there, less will get out. And then obviously the, the earth will heat up. I mean it's a little bit like your you park your car in the parking lot in the winter when the sun's out. And uh, maybe you've been working all day, you go out there and it's warm. It's kind of what's happening. It's different, but it's similar. That's just an analogy. So, I don't know. That doesn't seem that you can deny that. I think this is all basic science that is not contested. Now, just to make it interesting, let's look. So, we know that the Earth is a very unique planet. It's the only planet we know that has life. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? So, let's compare, just to prove. That carbon dioxide and, and the greenhouse gases, uh, what they do, let's actually compare, let's, let's look at real world examples and, get in, and see what happens, meaning let's look at other planets in our solar system and how they, let's look at their atmospheres and how they are reacting. To the sun, which gives us all life. So let's look at the moon. Uh, now, it is said to have no atmosphere, but it does, it has a different type of atmosphere than Earth it has argon and helium and not neon and sodium and potassium and all these things but these are not greenhouse gases so so what is the weather like or the climate like on the moon well it depends on if the sun is if, what side of the moon you're on If you're on the dark side of the Moon, it might be 250 below zero Fahrenheit. And in the Sun, in the daytime on the Moon, it goes up to, you know, 250 degrees Fahrenheit. So, it's just a little to show you what the atmosphere does on planets. Now we know that. NASA knows this, and they've studied it. Now let's look at uh, let's look at Venus that has an atmosphere, we could say, And it has greenhouse gases. It has carbon dioxide. Atmosphere, I mean, uh, yeah, atmosphere. um, That is 96.5% carbon dioxide. And the temperature on Venus is almost 900 degrees Fahrenheit. So I think that that proves the greenhouse effect on a planet. Um, now, one somebody might say, well, it's closer to the sun uh, than the moon or the earth. That is true. Venus is closer to the sun than the earth. So that might say, well, that's why it's hot, because it's much more closer. Earth is maybe twice as, not quite around, twice as far away. But let's look at another planet that is closer. Mercury is closer than Venus. About half the distance. And it has not really any atmosphere, kind of like the, the moon. So we have Mercury that's much closer to the Sun than Venus. And how, what's the temperature on Mercury? It's about 300 degrees Fahrenheit, not 900 that Venus has from a highly carbon dioxide atmosphere. So it's just an interesting way of getting a grasp on our atmosphere and how fragile it is and and how lucky we are that we have this atmosphere. And we should appreciate it. And listen to scientists and people that know about this. When they say that it could be damaged. So anyway, those are just... So that's the first part of the show. I hope I didn't bore you. But I think those are interesting facts and fundamentals of our planet, it conveys how unique our planet is and how important the atmosphere is, particularly greenhouse gases and the concentration of greenhouse gases, to allow this type of natural world that we have. And that's this is what this is about. That's why c o two is so important. Now, there is methane also, and CFCs and a few others. But by far the most uh, accumulating is is carbon dioxide. And there are fears of, of methane naturally coming out of the at, uh, out of the Earth into the atmosphere that are quite powerful, but we don't have a lot of control of that. So I just those are like I said, I don't think those are contestable facts. If they are, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. But let me know. I I don't think any. I think this is pretty basic stuff, and it just it shows that we need to think about what we put into this atmosphere. Now those are. I think it's obvious now. So that's the first uh, part of the uh, of the show. I just basically uh, presenting that things that we're quite sure of. Now, what are we unclear about? So we know that we don't... I can't imagine anybody wanting to put CO2 into the atmosphere, so we don't want to do that. Now, what is unclear? Well, from my Research and uh, is that we don't really know the residence time and the half life of CO2 when it goes into the environment and in, into the atmosphere, into the carbon cycle, because it is absorbed by the biosphere and the oceans at different rates and some so I, I, this is a this is something that we are that we're not absolutely sure about how the carbon cycle will play out when you put all this co2 into the atmosphere how uh, because they're, they're in the future and we don't know the future we don't know what we're going to do what kind of emissions we're going to have it, there could be carbon uh, sequestration and uh, the carbon sinks could change on earth so we can these things uh, it becomes not as evident and clear cut i think as what i just explained about our atmosphere the things we know about it uh, so, why is that? So, like I say, we don't really know. They have models. The IPC, are, is, uh, I was reading this summary for policymakers of the new IPC report last night. I read the old IPC report, and the new one's a bit not that much different, but. Uh, they use a model called the Burn model that attempts to estimate how much CO2 will leave the atmosphere, and so I don't, we don't, we don't. So whenever there's models, it's I'm sure everybody can agree that it's not completely sure about what's going to happen. Now, there's another thing that I think that makes it unsure, and this uncertainty that I'm presenting uh, in a way is good news because I think if anyway, I won't say anything on that really yet but there's another thing that I think people don't know that that may cause some uncertainty on these projections. And I'll, I'll, before I go on, I'll say if you read the IPC report, there's a lot of you know, they don't say things flat out, this is the way it's going to be, period. There is They use things like likely, and unlikely, and somewhat unlikely, and medium level of confidence, all through it. And that is, so they are not, they, so they're saying with all that, that this is, we don't know exactly. So, what's something else that would make this unclear? Well, I think that... I don't know if I said this before... that... when you put CO2 in the atmosphere quickly as we are in this experiment we're doing... that the temperature change is not linear it is logarithmic meaning that there is a a diminishing return as more and more goes in they think this i think this is a i don't think this is i think this is in the IPC, i don't think anybody uh, that doesn't save us from you know skyrocketing temperatures but Meaning that each molecule of CO2 warms and reflects less and less. Now that could, so that's an uncertainty that we we don't know that. I mean, so that makes it uncertain, first of all, how the whole carbon cycle works and how it will work and that all the variables and these effects make it somewhat uncertain. And remember that not all the CO2 that we emit goes directly into the atmosphere. It's goes in the oceans and biosphere. So the point is, as this is a very complex, the carbon cycle is very complex, and meaning that I, the way I see it is just, it, it makes it uh, uh, unaware, we're, so we're not sure. And why is that important? It's important because I think that a lot of people have given up. And they've come to the conclusion that there's no way that we're going to get a handle on this changing the greenhouse gas concentration that will change weather, will change the climate so much, so quickly, that the the ecosystems don't have time uh, to adapt. So to sum up, I think that, I hope I presented a, a case for us not knowing exactly how the carbon cycle is going to deal with our emissions, but as in the first part of the show, it is we should not emit carbon dioxide into the atmosphere anymore, not at these levels. I think that is clear, even though we don't have, even though the carbon cycle is, we don't know exactly how it's going to work and there's these other effects and variables and all kinds of things happening, that still doesn't change the fact that and anyone that understands the precautionary principle is that we change our energy systems as, fast, as soon as possible and our carbon emissions <sighs> um, so i hope that uh, people will work towards this and without being scared and feared of the future again uh, that's what we have to live the shows living with climate change and this is the world we are facing and I, I hear people, scientists, and people that have, have given up and they've gone off, may say it's hopeless. And they've given up on humanity, on humankind, and it's it's uh, it's growth and consumption, and they don't. They've given up, and I don't think that that's we should do that. Um, and I think everybody, most of you, will agree. So I hope I've presented this in a way, and I'm sure people will criticize my analysis and say I don't know what I'm talking about, and maybe you're right. But it's it's quite complex stuff, and I read I read blogs and I uh, uh, of scientists that are arguing, and it gets they know what they're talking about. It gets depth, in depth and they are, they are not uh, completely agreed upon. Some of the, now most are, I'll talk about, I mean that's, uh, I think that the IPC report is a, a pretty good assessment. I think they've done a good job and it's a there will be outlier scientists that say this on one side and that on one side, of course. But I think that's why you're hearing there's a consensus in the science that this needs to be addressed. And I think that people that uh, criticize the IPC report probably haven't read it. Uh, th- these are volunteer scientists that are doing their their best, and they're giving and, like I say, they're not they're 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 giving all these things levels of confidence and likelihoods, and, and uh, which makes it quite un- unsure, and it would make it very hard for policymakers. But um, when you're dealing with the complexity of this and people's businesses and uh, people's uh, so it's it's uh, that's why I tried to present this first part of this lecture on the fundamentals I can't imagine anybody that knows that would not want to reduce uh, carbon dioxide from emissions into the atmosphere that doesn't make any sense unless you were starving and you're going to die if you don't. Um, so I think um, we'll uh, we'll wrap it up here. And as you can see, this this subject goes on and on and on, and and it's we have so much to talk about and think about and take action as soon as possible on these things. So I hope you've enjoyed the show and I always forget things. I, I re-watch these shows and you know I think I forget stuff and but that's the way it's going to be. So until the next show, uh, I hope you've gotten something out of it. You enjoyed it. Um, We'll just continue the fight on uh, finding out the truth. And, uh, okay. Well, thank you for joining me. And uh, I hope to see you again next time. Bye.